Welcome to the MacArthur Memorial Podcast. Located in Norfolk, Virginia, the MacArthur Memorial is a museum and research center dedicated to the life and legacy of General of the Army Douglas MacArthur. The memorial is also dedicated to preserving and presenting the story of the millions of men and women who served with General MacArthur. Each month, the staff of the memorial will use this podcast to explore topics relating to General MacArthur and his times. On December 14, 1944, Congress approved the creation of the temporary grade of General of the Army and Fleet Admiral. In the next two weeks, seven officers in the American Army and Navy were promoted to these newly authorized ranks. The reason for these promotions was simple. Some American commanders were being placed in charge of operations that included Allied commanders who technically outranked them. Others needed to at least be able to work on equal terms with their Allied counterparts, including but not limited to British field marshals. And so, to diplomatically solve the problem of seniority, a small group of American senior officers were promoted to the new ranks of General of the Army and Fleet Admiral. For the Army, the title General of the Army was not quite new. In 1866, Congress had authorized and conferred this grade on Lieutenant General Ulysses S. Grant. The new grade came with four stars. In 1869, Grant's successor, William T. Sherman, was appointed General of the Army as well. The title was then conferred on Sherman's successor, Lieutenant General Philip H. Sheridan, shortly before his death in 1888. Grant and Sherman both went on the retired list as General of the Army. Grant died in 1885, and when Sherman died in 1891, the title ceased to exist. The insignia for General of the Army during this period was varied. Initially in 1866, the War Department approved the use of four stars for the grade General of the Army. General Grant wore this insignia, as did General Sherman initially. In 1872, the War Department changed the insignia to two silver stars with the arms of the United States in gold between them. General Sherman and later General Sheridan wore the new insignia. The grade held by these three generals, however, was not the highest grade authorized in the United States Army by World War II, however. There was a higher grade, that of General of the Armies of the United States. In American history, two officers have been associated with this title, George Washington and John J. Pershing. In 1919, Congress authorized the rank as a way to honor General Pershing for his service in World War I. Permitted by Army regulations to prescribe his own insignia, Pershing chose to wear four stars, as that was regulation for a general. The only thing different about Pershing's insignia was that he wore gold stars instead of the standard silver stars of a general officer. Pershing retired with the rank in 1924 and went on the retired list as such until his death in 1948. In 1976, President Gerald Ford posthumously appointed George Washington General of the Armies of the United States, with the added provision that Washington would forever be senior to any officer past or present. The Secretary of the Army formalized this promotion for Washington, but did not officially take steps to ensure Washington's preeminence. 
The army did, however, officially acknowledge that even though Pershing had actually held the rank and had held it far before it was bestowed on Washington, for purposes of seniority, Washington was to be considered senior to Pershing. As commander of American forces during the American Revolution, Washington had worn three stars and had served as a lieutenant general. Although not officially recognized, it is commonly assumed that Washington's promotion in 1976 made him the equivalent of a six-star general. People have creatively imagined the insignia for this rank as the five-star pentagon-shaped insignia of World War II, with a six-star in the middle. For the Navy, prior to World War II, there was also a historical precedent for raising an officer beyond a normally standard grade. In 1903, in recognition of his victory at Manila Bay during the Spanish-American War, Congress promoted Admiral George Dewey to Admiral of the Navy. This new grade was senior to the rank of a four-star admiral and was declared the equivalent of Admiral of the Fleet in the British Royal Navy. When Dewey died in 1917, the rank Admiral of the Navy lapsed. Given these earlier precedents, when the Army and Navy raised seven officers to five-star rank in 1944, there was a great deal of confusion as to the relationship between this new rank and those that had come before. Some of the confusion stemmed from the five-star insignia that the World War II officers would wear. Many Americans wanted to know if a new fleet admiral outranked Admiral of the Navy Dewey, and did a new general of the army outrank Pershing, who wore only four gold stars and at the time was still living. To clarify this issue, the Department of the Navy specified that Dewey was senior to the new fleet admirals, but declined to state the actual relationship between the two ranks, as neither rank was likely to ever exist at the same time as the other. As for the army, although General Pershing wore only four stars, he was officially recognized in regulations governing rank and precedence as senior to the new five-star generals. So, who were the seven officers raised to five-star rank in 1944? The elite group consisted of three admirals and four generals. Their promotions were staggered between December 15th and 20th, 1944. In order to ensure a clear order of seniority, the promotions also rotated between the services: Navy, Army, Navy, Army, Navy, Army, Army, in order to provide a sense of equal distribution of seniority between the services. Congress approved of the new grade on December fourteenth, nineteen forty-four, and a day later, the first officer was promoted. It started with an admiral, Admiral William D. Leahy. Leahy was chief of staff to the commander in chief, the president of the United States. As such, he was President Roosevelt's personal military advisor and the liaison between the president and the three service chiefs: Admiral Ernest King of the Navy, General George Marshall of the Army, and General Henry Hap Arnold of the Army Air Forces. Leahy was also head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Like other officers who rose to prominence during World War II, Leahy started the war on the retired list. His career had spanned decades. Upon graduation from the Naval Academy in 1875, Leahy saw service in the Spanish-American War and assisted in operations during the Philippine-American War and the Boxer Rebellion. During World War I, Leahy was the XO of the USS Nevada and the commander of a troop transport. By the 1930s, Leahy was serving as chief of naval operations. 
On retirement from the Navy, in 1939, he served as governor of Puerto Rico, and then later became U.S. ambassador to France during the Vichy era. In July 1942, President Roosevelt recalled Leahy to active duty and made him his personal chief of staff. On March 23, 1946, Congress approved making the five-star grade a permanent rank. Three years later, Leahy resigned as chief of staff to the president. But like all of his fellow five-star generals and admirals, he did not officially retire from the service. Instead, he remained available in an advisory capacity. Ready to serve or advise senior leaders at their request. The day after Leahy was promoted to fleet admiral, General George C. Marshall was appointed the first five-star general of the army. Marshall graduated from the Virginia Military Institute in 1901. A year later, his army career began. He saw service in the Philippines prior to World War One, and then worked at General Pershing's headquarters for most of World War One. Where he was instrumental in planning the Meuse-Argonne offensive at the end of the war. After World War One, Marshall served as Pershing's aide-de-camp, saw service in China, and spent a decade either teaching in the War College or helping the Army plan doctrine for the future. In 1939, Marshall was appointed Chief of Staff of the U.S. Army. He would remain in this position until the end of World War Two. Although he had never technically led men in combat. Marshall was recognized as an incredibly fine soldier by many of those that knew him. Many found it remarkable how skilled he was at picking the best man for the job, as well as navigating the tricky political climate of Washington, as well as the Allied relationships during the war. Some have argued that the reason the title General of the Army was used instead of the more traditional title of Field Marshal was that Marshall thought the title Marshal Marshall would be ridiculous. General Marshall always denied the story, but was particularly vexed when Winston Churchill poked fun at him over it. With the victory in World War II in 1945, Marshall resigned his post as Chief of Staff. In the years that followed, he continued to serve his country as the architect of the Marshall Plan for Europe and as a diplomat in places like China. For his efforts, he was awarded a Nobel Peace Prize. Like his fellow five-star officers, he could not technically retire from the service. As a result, when he was called on to serve as Secretary of Defense during the Korean War, a special provision was made to satisfy the requirement that an active-duty service member could not hold the post of Secretary of Defense. After Marshall, the next officer to be promoted to five-star rank was Admiral Ernest Joseph King. During the war, King was the chief of naval operations and, as such, a member of the Joint Chiefs. The second admiral to be promoted to fleet admiral, King had graduated fourth in his class from the Naval Academy in 1901. Prior to graduation, he served during the Spanish-American War. During World War One, he had served on the staff of the Commander-in-Chief Atlantic Fleet. When the war ended, he was a captain and was tasked with making recommendations to reform training and career paths in the Navy. During the interwar years, he also gained experience with submarines and with naval aviation. As with General Marshall, King never directly commanded units in combat, but gained a reputation for planning and for his ability to command at the highest level. Controversial and probably the most abrasive of the five-star officers. King's value to the service was considered superior, and when he eventually stepped down from command, he continued to advise the Navy on different issues. The day after King was promoted, 
General Douglas MacArthur was promoted. MacArthur had graduated top in his class from West Point in 1903. As a young officer, he had been personally mentored by Secretary of War Newton Baker. He was also well-connected as a result of his father, an Army general, and his mother, an ambitious Army wife and mother. Even those who disliked him, however, often wrote of his impressive intellect and the broad range of his knowledge. Like Admiral Leahy, MacArthur's career in the Army was technically over prior to World War II. Following an extended tenure as Chief of Staff, MacArthur was permitted by President Roosevelt to serve as military advisor and field marshal of the Philippines. His job was to help the Philippines get ready for independence, and during that time he retired from active duty in the United States Army. Roosevelt recalled him to active duty in 1941, however, as tensions with Japan began to rise. When war broke out, he was in command of American and Filipino forces in the Philippines. Although his forces were just as surprised and devastated by a Japanese attack as the forces at Pearl Harbor had been nine hours earlier, MacArthur was the only top commander to keep his job. The commanders at Pearl Harbor were summarily sacked. There would be more bad news early in the war, however, for MacArthur. Shortly after he was ordered to Australia in early 1942, American and Filipino forces on Bataan and Corregidor eventually surrendered in what was one of the greatest American military defeats in history. Washington's faith in the general remained, however. From Australia at what must have seemed like the very end of the supply line, MacArthur set about cobbling together a force to start rolling back Japanese gains in the southwest Pacific area. Two and a half years after being forced out of the Philippines, he kept his personal promise to return. About two months later, on December 18, 1944, he received word of his promotion to General of the Army. His first set of insignia was typically symbolic. A craftsman in the Philippines melted down American, Dutch, Australian, and Philippine coins, representative of the forces he commanded, and formed two five-star insignias for the general. His staff pinned the insignia on him, but MacArthur later wrote, The old thrill of promotion and decoration was gone. He said he was growing weary of death and destruction. He had seen heavy fighting in World War I and then witnessed more in the Philippines. He had also seen the death and destruction of the island-hopping campaigns and the campaign to liberate the Philippines. The fighting was going well, but his staff and later historians have often claimed that he was suffering from depression at this moment. Nevertheless, soon after this promotion, MacArthur was given command of all Army forces in the Pacific. The day after MacArthur's promotion, Admiral Chester Nimitz was promoted to Fleet Admiral. In the final stages of the war in the Pacific, Nimitz was MacArthur's counterpart in the Navy. Nimitz graduated from the Naval Academy 7th in his class in 1905. He had a background in submarines and during World War I served as Chief of Staff to the Commander Submarine Force Atlantic Fleet. After World War I, like many of his fellow five-star officers, Nimitz spent time researching, teaching, and held a few lesser commands. A rear admiral prior to World War II, a week after the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor, President Roosevelt promoted him to admiral and named him Commander-in-Chief United States Pacific Fleet. In 1942, Nimitz was made Commander-in-Chief of the Pacific Ocean Areas. Like MacArthur, as soon as Nimitz had built up his forces, he went on the offensive in his area against the Japanese. 
He played a pivotal role in the battles of Coral Sea, the Battle of Midway, the Solomon Islands Campaign, and the Battle of Leyte Gulf. Promoted to Fleet Admiral on December 19th, about a week later Nimitz came aboard the USS New Jersey and a five-star flag was broken for the first time in the Pacific Fleet. Nimitz would go on to lead the battles for Okinawa and Iwo Jima. When the war ended in Tokyo Bay in 1945, Nimitz signed the Instrument of Surrender on behalf of the United States of America. General MacArthur would sign in his capacity as Supreme Commander for the Allied Powers. The next officer to be promoted was General Dwight D. Eisenhower. On December 20th, the day after Nimitz's promotion, Eisenhower received word that he had been promoted to General of the Army. The new promotion gave him a boost in moral support during a difficult moment in the war in Europe. A few days later, he also received a letter from General Marshall praising his leadership, wisdom, patience, and tolerance. Marshall also credited Eisenhower with being the essential element that made possible Allied cooperation and teamwork. Perhaps more than any other officers being promoted to five-star rank, Eisenhower dealt constantly with a coalition of high-ranking Allied officers. The new rank in the expressed confidence of Washington was a most welcome morale booster for the general known for his logistical and diplomatic talents. A 1915 graduate of West Point, Eisenhower spent World War I in the United States organizing and training tank crews. During this time, his superiors recognized his excellent organizational skills and his ability to quickly judge the capabilities of officers junior to him. In the interwar years, Eisenhower served under a series of generals, Fox Connor, John J. Pershing, Douglas MacArthur, and George C. Marshall. Eisenhower later credited each general with influencing him in important ways, but his relationship with MacArthur was the longest and most complicated. While two very different men, on Eisenhower's last efficiency report, MacArthur rated his value to the Army as superior and recommended Eisenhower be promoted to general if a war broke out. When World War II began, Eisenhower was a brigadier general. His command responsibilities grew rapidly, and in less than two years, following successful Allied operations in North Africa and Normandy, Eisenhower was the commander of the Allied war effort in Europe. His career after World War II was equally impressive. Elected president in 1952, Eisenhower would temporarily leave active duty to serve as president. Eight years later, he returned to the normal status of five-star general, always on call to give the Army or government of the United States advice. Following Eisenhower's promotion, on December 21, 1944, General Henry Hap Arnold was promoted to general of the Army. Hap Arnold graduated from West Point in 1907 and within several years became interested in military aviation. During World War I, he gained valuable knowledge of plane production as well as how to set up flight schools. He did not see combat and in fact arrived in France the day the war ended, but he remained an advocate of air power and a supporter of Billy Mitchell, the father of the American Air Force. Despite attaining the rank of Major General and serving as Chief of the Army Air Corps, by the late 1930s and early 40s, Arnold's career for all intents and purposes was over. Disagreements with Roosevelt men had estranged him from the White House, and his further promotion was not favored by the President. As with several other officers on the 1944 five-star list, 
The start of World War II either reactivated or saved his career. Instead of retirement, after the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor, Arnold found himself building a gigantic air force designed to meet the strategic needs of the multiple theaters of combat. In January 1945, Arnold suffered a heart attack. He had already suffered multiple heart attacks, and with victory in Europe in May of 1945, he was officially placed on light duty. As a five-star general, however, he did not retire. In September 1947, the United States Air Force was born as a separate service branch from the Army. In 1949, Congress authorized changing Arnold's rank to General of the Air Force. When Arnold died in 1950, there was talk that the Air Force General Curtis LeMay would be promoted to five-star rank, since air power and nuclear weapons were so important during the Cold War. Nothing ever came of this. As a result, Arnold holds the distinction of being the only officer to hold the rank General of the Air Force, and is also the only officer to ever hold five-star rank in two separate services. After the seven promotions in 1944, only two other American officers would hold five-star rank: one admiral and one general. In December 1945, after the end of World War II, Admiral William F. Halsey was promoted to admiral of the fleet. His promotion was somewhat controversial in some quarters, and to date, he is the last officer in the Navy to have held five-star rank. Omar Bradley would be the last Army officer to hold the rank. One of Eisenhower's generals during World War II, in 1949, Bradley was appointed chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. With the start of the Korean War the next year, and with the war's commander, General MacArthur, wearing five stars, it was considered best to promote Bradley to the rank to avoid any issues of rank. Bradley was therefore the ninth and last officer in the United States military to be promoted to five-star rank. Historically, the ranks of fleet admiral and general of the army have been reserved for wartime. As of December 2015, there are 39 four-star generals or admirals in the United States military: 12 in the army, 10 in the navy, 4 in the Marine Corps, 12 in the Air Force, and one in the Coast Guard. In recent years, there have been calls to appoint the chairman of the Joint Chiefs to five-star rank. Or to identify the lead military leader of the war on terror and promote that officer to such a rank. Currently, however, there are no official plans to do this. Although the Army, Navy, and Air Force still maintain the five-star rank. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to contact Amanda Williams at amanda.williams@norfolk.gov.